We've got our Hike for Hope coming up where we're attempting to raise a lot of money uh, in conjunction with the Little Heroes Foundation. We're focusing on childhood dementia. Renee is with us this morning. Good morning, Renee. Good morning. Uh, Rather than me or us talk all about this, I want you to just tell us your story. You've got three children. Please explain the affliction they've got. Sure. So I have three children. My eldest is nine next month. I have a daughter who's seven and a five-year-old son. Uh, they all have a condition called Neiman Pick Type C1, which falls under the umbrella term of childhood dementia. How are you made aware of this? And, and explain, I know it's a long uh, question and answer, but why all three? Sure. So um, I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and I was pregnant with my youngest. Yep. And I had a growth scan at 28 weeks at Flinders where they found he had ascites in his stomach, which is basically fluid inside his abdomen. They told me that's not compatible with life. You need to go to Women's and Children's tomorrow, which I did. Had a bit of a thorough scan. Women's and Children's said, you're 28 weeks pregnant. This is a serious issue. The best we can do is an amniocentesis where they take the fluid um, and test it just for any genetic abnormalities. We did that and it came back with nothing. We kept going back every week for the next 10 weeks, having scans. Slowly, the ascites in my son's stomach was going down, but his liver and his spleen and his heart were working overtime just to get rid of it and sort of process it out of his body. Um, Made it to 38 weeks pregnant and it got induced where they prepared me that he probably would be stillborn. He wasn't. He was born perfectly healthy, looking exactly like his big brother, just with a little bit of a swollen tummy. We spent a week in there when they ran as many tests as they could. All they could find was his liver functions were elevated. He was hitting all the milestones that he could. He was trying to walk. He was doing all the things. And um, at eight months old, they said to me, if this was nothing, his liver functions would be stable by now. His stomach would have gone down. So we're going to do a gene panel just to find out if we can see any reason for this. They did a gene panel and... He came back positive for a condition, Neiman Pick Type C1. Got told it's a terminal condition. Um, it's a recessive gene from myself and my children's father, which gave us a one in four chance of having a child with the, this condition. Take him home, love him, makes memories. There's no treatment, there's no cure. Go on your way, sort of thing. Um, How long ago was that? So that was when he was eight months old, so 2019. Right. Do you remember that day and, and what you went through and, and how you coped with it? Yeah. I had this news and I also had this baby on my hip that mm. was looking at me with his big blue eyes and he was smiling and he was, you know, trying to interact and grab things. And, of course, I walked out of the doctor's office in shock and I got straight onto Google and read all these horrific symptoms and basically that children with this condition um, don't really live to their 20s depending on when you get the diagnosis, but it's rare. I had to go home with all my three children and just deal with that knowledge and life's never been the same since. How do you get through? How have the kids been going since 2019? What's happened? Sure. So a couple of months after my youngest was diagnosed, I had enough of worrying all the time about my older two, so I got them blood tested just so that I could know that they didn't have it. They both came back positive as well. So 
So you had a one in four chance of the first one, and then and you got all three. All three. Yeah, three out of three. Oh, um, so I hadn't even heard of this issue before, and I guess you probably hadn't either. No, I hadn't, and it was so confusing to get this. Your children are terminally ill, but they were totally fine. You know, there was no worrying signs at all at that stage. Um, How often does this happen? So it's very rare. Um, the condition that my children have, we're the only kids in the state mm. with, but there's 70 different types of conditions that fall under the childhood dementia umbrella. Yeah. So it is more common when you look at it like that. Yeah. I don't know how to frame this question, but if a child has cancer, it's a devastating thing, but we know that they can go to a hospital and get treatment and let's hope there's a positive outcome. You were told, don't Google it, there's nothing we can do. That's just, a, that's just the worst roadblock or brick wall you could ever possibly run into. Yeah, absolutely. And meanwhile, you know, I had these children, there was nothing wrong with them. They were active, they were playing sports, they were at school, you know, they had friends. They, there was no, nothing that showed me this could be true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had to deal with, I guess, the denial, which I still wrestle with. I guess that was the first time in my life where there wasn't somebody to call, there wasn't a doctor or, a, you know, yeah. someone I could say, hey, I need some help. And yeah. there was nobody who could help All me. All of us when we get sick have that uh, fallback, don't we? We ring a doctor and we think, yeah. oh, when a day I'll be fixed, I'll be right. Yeah. And to have no end in sight, that mm -hmm. would be the worst possible thing that I think you must be going through. How have you explained it to your kids or have you explained it to your kids? I have not explained it to my kids. So I guess the only good thing about them all having this condition is the way we live our life when we go to all the doctors and, you know, all the appointments, they don't know any different. They right. don't know that not everybody does that. Okay. Um, and I guess my view is that my children, you know, all children, they think they're the fastest, they're mm. the strongest, you know, and I don't want to be the one to burst their bubble and say, mm. actually, no, there's something wrong. Um, it's hard enough, I think, for an adult to wrap their head around, let alone mm -hmm. children and let alone knowing that's going to happen to yourself and your brother and your sister and yeah. it's just way too much that I don't. Mm. So there's about yeah. 70 kids you said die and pass away with childhood dementia and maybe 100 in cancer a year. What sort of – there's a heap of money that gets raised for cancer. I'm led to believe it's about 40 or $50 million a year – is there much research and money thrown at childhood dementia? Nowhere near close what cancer gets. Um, it's very rare for me to be able to go anywhere and speak about childhood dementia and people have any idea what it's about or mm. have ever heard of it or know that it affects children. Why is it kept so quiet? Why, why do not many people know about it? If, if you know, the amount of kids that are catching it or, or getting it, diagnosed with it, is not dissimilar to those of cancer? I guess that it's only really recent that it's been looked at as childhood dementia and this umbrella with the 70 different conditions. Mm. So instead of thinking like there's one kid with this and there's two kids with that, there's, you know, there's mm. this many kids with this childhood dementia. So we're really at the beginning of recognising it in the same way as all childhood cancers are recognised under an umbrella. So what I've read about it, um, is that over time, it can take months or years, children will lose the ability to read, write, talk, walk, play, those types of things. Are you at that stage yet? Is there, have you, are you seeing any signs? Um, there is some signs with my eldest now. So when he was diagnosed at four, just purely by blood test, there was nothing. 
Um, he, like I said, he's nearly nine now. He's very far behind in school. He can't read. He can't write. He has lost some function of his eyes, so he finds it hard to maintain eye contact or read across a page. He has a lot of repetition in what he says. He is not as strong as a regular nine-year-old. He's quite a tall boy, but he fatigues quickly. Um, I guess, yeah, like I said, he's nearly nine and the life expectancy of children with Neiman Pick is generally about 18. So, How are you holding up, Renee? Because this just sounds like a story that's bloody hard to cope with. It is hard to cope with. It's definitely a different direction that life's taken me. Um, but as much as they're my weakness, they're also my strength mm. and I get up every day for my kids yep. because that's, you don't have a choice in the matter and they don't deserve a mum that's, you no. know, can't. You got some support though? I do have some support. I have great support from Little Heroes Foundation. I'm very thankful to have my family support, Childhood Dementia Initiative, um, otherwise I am on my own with the children, so it's, um, mm. yeah, it's a big, big job. Bloody hell, Dits, we need to try and do something, don't we? Yeah, raise some money for Hike for Hope and try and help little heroes and try and help you, Renee. That's a story that's bloody too hard to cop, but uh, I admire what you're doing. I admire how you're holding up and even talking to us today. I don't know how you're doing that, but uh, we're going to do our best to try yeah. and raise some awareness, Dits, and try and raise some money for such a good cause. Thanks for talking about it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.